We are at a turning point of humankind. We should not underestimate the historical significance of the situation we are in. Welcome to The Great Reset, a podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at how we can rebuild a cleaner, fairer, smarter world after COVID-19. This week, Klaus Schwab, founder and executive chairman of the Forum, published a book which asks this big question. What is the objective? What kind of world do we want to build? And as the pandemic has highlighted our fraught relationship with the natural world, a new report looks at how working with, rather than against nature, we could make economic growth cleaner and greener and create millions of desperately needed jobs. It's no longer profitability versus sustainability. There's a very good reason why this report is called the future of nature and business, not the future of business or nature. Subscribe to The Great Reset on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Some people may say this is too ideal and what other choice do we have? After the global crisis, a global opportunity. I'm Robin Pomeroy, and this is The Great Reset from the World Economic Forum. What kind of world do we want to see as we recover, whenever that will be, from the pandemic? In their book release this week, Forum founder Klaus Schwab and French economist Thierry Malloré set out their vision for The Great Reset. At a virtual press conference to launch the book, Professor Schwab said humanity now had to make big choices about the future. We are at a turning point of humankind. I think we should not underestimate the historical significance of the situation we are in. We know the world will look differently when we move out from the acute phase of uh, the virus into a new situation. Now, We have three options for the new situation. The first one is that all the negative aspects which we have seen during the crisis, and I refer to the egoism which has uh, increased, um, I would say, on an international, national, but also, let's face it, on an individual level, that uh, these negative tendencies will even increase, will continue, I would say, in this case, Uh, I'm very concerned about the life of uh, my grandchildren. The second situation is that people assume uh, we are just going back uh, to the good old world which we had um, and everything will be normal again in how we are used to normal in the old fashion. This is fiction. It will not happen. The uh, cut which we have now Um, is much too strong uh, in order not to leave traces. And then we have the third possibility, to construct a new uh, concept based on the learnings, on the observations we have seen, and to create really a more resilient, a more inclusive, and a more sustainable world. So how might that be achieved? Professor Schwab sets out five priorities that should be built into the Great Reset. Five things, five priorities. The first one is we have to redefine our social contract to integrate more inclusion. We also have to make sure that we integrate much more in a social contract our responsibility towards the next generation. 
We cannot just think of the debt, leave all the solutions and uh, to be paid for by the next generation. So the social contract, and in the social contract, we also have to look at one specific issue. So uh, COVID will create again a gap between the so-called industrialized and emerging countries. Uh, the emerging countries, at least some of them, suffering much more compared to some of the countries which have a well-established uh, social uh, safety net. Second, it's the decarbonization of the economy to protect us against a, say, an environmental virus. And here we will publish tomorrow, by the way, a report which shows clearly that there is no contradiction between taking care of nature and particularly creating the need to create jobs and to invigorate the economy. Social contract, green economy, but number three, and that's a major part also of the book, because you know, I, I published four years ago the book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. All those technologies are very much advanced now by COVID. Everything will be digitalized, which can be digitalized. So how can we use the technologies to address the challenges, but at the same time, make sure that we create a, the necessary ethical, human-oriented principles around those technologies. So finally, what is the role of companies in this new post-COVID era? I think we are moving from short term to long term, from shareholder capitalism to stakeholder capitalism. The COVID crisis has shown that companies who invest into their vitality instead of prioritizing short term profits have performed much better. And that's what the stakeholders will expect in the future. And I should add, at last, the need for much stronger global cooperation. COVID has shown us that we are globally interdependent, and I think it's a wake-up call to work in the future together to address all the consequences and to create a reset in our economic, social, ecological thinking. And on ecological thinking, co-author Thierry Malaret has this to say. The environment, surprisingly, might be uh, one of the big um, winners from the pandemic, from the reasons that Professor Schwab just, just mentioned. The pandemic has made all the more vivid the critical importance of natural assets. And it has made clear, for example, that there is a correlation between the um, infection rate and, uh, and air pollution. So as a result, we're now paying much more attention to the natural assets um, that are um, impacting uh, our, our life. And it is already clear that the 10 trillion of fiscal support that have been announced worldwide to deal with the pandemic, a significant portion of that, of this 10 trillion, will be conditional upon making the economy greener. And in that respect, Europe is very much at the forefront. So what does all this mean for the respective roles of government and business? After decades since the 1980s of Thatcher and Reagan, when the orthodoxy in much of the West was that smaller government and free markets were best, we are now seeing the return of government. What we have seen was kind of, how shall I say, dominance of uh, business 
in global affairs in the last, at least in the last two decades. Now this is balancing out. We have uh, the return of government, uh, government even taking participation in companies, in any case, touching conditions, safeguarding uh, measures. It's necessary to have a very open approach. This cannot be a response of elites to concerns of the great public. I think we are at a rupture point where we have to make sure uh, that we have a comprehensive, all-inclusive approach. Otherwise, we will just be confronted with a climate of social unrest and possibly revolts on the streets or revolts from the next generation. So government is back, but what does that mean for entrepreneurship and innovation? Innovation, creativity is very important. And we know um, uh, innovation and uh, creativity doesn't come normally uh, or always from, from governments. It's mainly entrepreneurship. So we should not underestimate the role of entrepreneurship in addressing all those issues. So on the one hand, we have to create uh, probably uh, or certainly more um, social uh, safety nets. Uh, The government is very much challenged. We may have to look at uh, our fiscal systems, um, but we always have to keep in mind not uh, to to restrict uh, the entrepreneurial spirit of business. So it's a fine balance between the two. On the one hand, uh, to have the necessary rules. On the other hand, to ensure uh, that uh, the economy is thriving based on uh, entrepreneurship and uh, based on uh, markets. So in a nutshell, if we reset right, it will mean a fairer, cleaner, smarter world that is on track to prevent the worst ravages of climate change. Some people may say this is too idealistic, um, but what other choice do we have? At least we have to try. Uh, We may fail and um, next generations or even we ourselves will have to pay the price for our failure. At least we should try. The book, The Great Reset by Klaus Schwab and Thierry Mallory is available to buy now and for a limited period until, I believe, Monday, July 20th. You can download the Kindle version for free from Amazon. How can economies be made to work with nature rather than just exploiting the natural world? That's the question that a new report from the World Economic Forum seeks to answer. The second in a series of three reports called New Nature Economy, it makes an impressive claim. If businesses start to prioritise nature, they could add 395 million new jobs worldwide by 2030. New Nature Economy Report 2, The Future of Nature and Business, has a foreword by Carlos Alvarado Quesada, the president of Costa Rica, who spoke at the report's launch this week. I do believe that if we want to build back better, we don't have to look back after the pandemic to be as a planet as we were on January 2020. We need to look forward to a whole new reality coming out of the pandemic in terms of nature-based solutions, in terms of our relation with nature and biodiversity, and in how business 
works along with this. To set out the basis of the report, here's its lead author, Akanksha Katri, head of the Nature Action Agenda at the World Economic Forum. We need to be able to have systemic transitions across three socioeconomic systems. And these are first, food, land and ocean use, second, infrastructure and the built environment, and third, extractives and energy. Just allow me to give you two examples to make it a bit more real beyond just the numbers and macro statistics. I would like to take the example of agriculture, which um, employs about 40% uh, of of workforce globally, as well as contributes about 12% of the global GDP. However, it is also one of the biggest contributors of uh, pollution in water as well as our land resources. The report goes into detail across a wide range of business sectors, but sticking with the example Katri picked out, farming, here's Sven Tore Holster, President and Chief Executive Officer of Agriculture Business Yara International. If there is one thing that we've learned from the COVID crisis, uh, it is that society can when we must. And faced now with uh, overwhelming urgency, we have in a short time frame made dramatic changes to how we live, how we work, how we travel, consume and interact. And this is exactly the sense of urgency that we now need to build on. And I'm confident that we can succeed through a combination of uh, technology, science, collaboration and commitment. The business community has a very clear responsibility. It's no longer profitability versus sustainability. There's a very good reason why this report is called the future of nature and business, not the future of business or nature. Uh, And if I look at my particular uh, area, food and land use, the key words are pro-nature solutions. The overriding topic for us is decarbonizing food. And how do we do that? Well, one solution is to put world-class technology directly in the hands of the farmers. One example from my own company is uh, that we've, in the past years, uh, invested heavily in digital capabilities. One solution is an app called FarmWeather that uses satellite-based technology to give farmers hyper-local weather. If you're a smallholder farmer in in India, for instance, and uh, you're faced with heavy rain, Seeds and fertilizer could be washed away and your harvest is is ruined. We've gone from zero users to two million users in less than a year. So basically, technology takes the guessing out of farming. And uh, also, as uh, highlighted in this uh, report, regenerative agriculture, it's not enough just to protect land. We have to restore it. A key challenge to this is uh, that farmers are not rewarded for being Uh, for farming in a sustainable way today. And we need to fix this. And the key to that is uh, getting consumers on board and doing that through transparency in in, in the food chain. And we teamed up with IBM to to do just just that, to to give the opportunities to to consumers to reward uh, farmers for sustainable farming. COVID-19 hasn't only given us the opportunity for a great reset, but it also exposed how vulnerable humanity is to threats from nature. Inga Anderson, Executive Director of the UN Environment Programme. If we've discovered anything about this crisis, it is the pertinence and the importance of understanding what it is we humans have done to nature and what it is that we've done by fragmenting, paving over, extracting, emitting, 
um, and uh, generally overusing what is not endless, what is not infinite uh, nature's resources. And so these opportunities that the reports highlight in terms of the transformation, in terms of the job creation, in terms of the business opportunities are very real because if we learned anything from this crisis, it is also this, that we may think that this pandemic is bad, but ladies and gentlemen, it is nothing compared to what climate change will deliver to us. There are millions of pathogens that will be released from permafrost melt. The incredible downward spiral that we will see on economic uh, performance. Millions of people displaced. But let's take this crisis and this report before us as an opportunity. We need to cut our emissions by 7.3% year on year between now and 2030. That's about what we reduced during the height of the lockdown. So there you have it. The answer is not to lock the world up. The answer is to flip that green switch. The answer is to invest in renewables. And the answer is to transform business, the manner in which this report with its 13 recommendations highlights. But what would all this cost? To achieve everything set out in the report would mean investing $2.7 trillion a year over the coming decade. For the sake of comparison, that's a bit more than the stimulus package of $2.2 trillion announced by the United States in March in response to COVID-19. Here again is report author Akanksha Khatri. Absolutely. Somebody's got to pay for it and somebody has to finance the transition that needs to happen. All the stimulus packages that have been announced post-COVID If you just take the cumulative number, it is quite humbling as to how humanity is able to pull together resources at such a short notice. So the question that all of us need to ask through our respective networks, as well as power of influence, is how do we get that stimulus program and that stimulus package to be nature positive? So it's not about an incremental choice of money, but it's really what we are spending. Are we spending it in a way that does less harm and more good? The second is indeed um, that in the next coming years, um, public capital is going to be limited. When we look at the private capital, what is the risk appetite for the private capital to also go into uh, investment vehicles, businesses, which are actually both low uh, carbon neutral and nature positive. And I just want to give an example. If you see some of the ESG related investments and the bonds that have been made, they've actually proven to be more resilient and profitable in this crisis than a plain vanilla bond structure. So um, if you read the policy companion piece, It talks about how governments should be looking at their stimulus packages so that we do not create the problem that got us into this situation in the first place. And the second one is if you read the chapter, which really talks about investment uh, that brings the businesses side together. And lastly, as part of the new nature economy report series, since this is the second report, we are working on a third report, which will come out in fall of this year, which is entitled exactly that financing for a new nature economy. So that will allow us to go a little deeper into what are the uh, vehicles which are needed? How can we look at both mainstream uh, investment vehicle, but also new investment criteria to increase uh, the money flow in the thing that we need the most, which is our planet. 
You can read the new Nature Economy report at weforum.org, where you'll also find out more about the book The Great Reset. And follow us across social media on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, and on Twitter using the handle at WEF. Please subscribe to The Great Reset wherever you get your podcasts. We plan to be back in August. Until then, thanks to Gareth Nolan for help producing the podcast, and thanks to you for listening. From me, Robin Pomeroy, it's goodbye for now. <laughs>